Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, we are live with a Deflategate update. Uh, we had some Deflategate stuff to talk about. So I decided to call to call in the world's, in my opinion at least, and I think in most people's opinion, the world's foremost expert on Deflategate. That is one Michael Hurley, of course. Hurley, everyone knows who you are, but he is a writer for CBS Boston. Uh, we've had him on the show before. Love having you here. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you, man. Of course. I said uh, the other day, Touch from Rich called me because Deflategate was in the news. Um, and, uh, I said, I told them like, I have this file cabinet in here and it's full of garbage. And for the most part, it stays shut. It gets dusty, but every now and then the drawer comes out and out comes all this, uh, useless, uh, memories, knowledge, facts, yep. whatever. So when it's in the news, like that's when it's time to bust it out. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's, you know, I mean, you're totally right about that. And that's, this is one of those things for me that I've always just been like the it doesn't make any sense right the science all of it makes no sense and yes there's some shady parts to it on the patriots end but it just like it always it never made sense that this happened and you know and there's so many different things and, and layers to it but i just love can i put in can i put in real quick absolutely just, you can. I, just like because like the larger thing before we turn anyone off is people like oh it's the dumbest thing get over it like it's it's gone it's like that's exactly the point and that we shouldn't forget it is like the dumbest thing in the history of the world was turned into a worldwide scandal. And it's right. important not to just let that happen. Right. It led, it led like real news stories, not, not sports news stories. It led real news stories for weeks. Right. Tom Brady was suspended for four games. The Patriots lost the first round draft pick and were suspended over a million dollars combined. It's just, it's outrageous that something this dumb cost them this much and by the way no other team has lost a first round draft pick since the mid 80s so that that's almost unprecedented i mean yeah you have the you have the the uh the the saint scandal right the bounty gate scandal and sean payton gets suspended for a year but they don't lose a first round draft pick right it's like you know how serious do you want it to be for them to lose a first round draft pick right and so it's, it's you should have to do something and that's the thing like yeah People say they got off easy on Spygate, and that's why they went heavy on Deflategate. It's like they didn't get off easy on Spygate. They lost a first-round pick, and you mentioned uh, someone did lose a pick in the 80s, but I forget what it was. It wasn't like a straight loss. There was either like a swap or some. They, yeah, it was they something to the end. foolish, the, yeah. Because the Spygate punishment was the first time a team had ever had a first-round pick just completely taken away. So like they didn't get off easy then. There was no need for retaliation. Right. It's just the owners got pissed seeing the Patriots win and make the Super Bowl so much. And make the AFC Championship game every year for at that point in 2014. It's like, all right, end this. And it's kind of funny. And in the end, obviously, the story is they they overcame it and won some more Super Bowls. Um, but it still shouldn't just allow like 
we can't just be like, oh, yeah, it's over because it's over a puff of air in a football that no one ever cared about before. No one will ever care about again. And nobody actually cared about it at the time. It was just about this fun uh, scandal and catching them and, and the whole thing. But it was all over nothing. And I think as time has passed, that's becoming more clear to a lot more people. Right. Right. And that's and that to me is one of those things where you just look at it and say, like, what the hell are we doing here? And think about, you know, 2006 now. Now, I realize the Patriots went to three straight Super Bowls. They played in 04. They lost their draft pick in in, in 2016. Uh, 04. They, they won in 04 as well, but they they won in 14. <laughs> you, you were right. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they won in 14, of course. And then they lost their first round draft pick in 2016. Now, they proceeded to make three straight Super Bowls. But. You know, there wasn't a ton of talent on the roster by the time 2019 rolled around, and maybe someone had picked 29 in the 2016 draft might have been able to help them out in that situation, and they weren't there. And and that's where it's like everyone can complain about it and say, oh, you know, shut up about this thing. And, and like you said, but it's like those ramifications are there forever. There are people that still say you guys cheated because of the footballs, and so therefore your your titles are invalid. And it's like, well – we still have to deal with that. No matter what comes out, we still have to deal with that. And that's just, it's it's unfair, which I mean, like, whatever. I'm sitting here saying it's unfair, but like, so what? But still, it's like the fact that we have to defend that is ridiculous. And the fact that at the time it was evident that the people in charge were the ones doing most of the lying and the cheating and the deceit. Correct. Um, those of us, I mean, and I'll just be honest. I mean, like when the Wells report came out, I'm like, oh, I mean, clearly the Patriots were caught in this. Like, I mean, I wasn't digging into, I didn't know the ideal gas law. Like I wasn't right. a physicist. I read the report and I'm like, all right, well, like there it is, you know, sure. But even with that, when the four game punishment came out, it was like, well, that's absurd. Like <laughs> right. that, that is so ridiculous. And then as more and more came out and really, I'll tell you the, the, the number one turning point for me just intellectually on the matter was when uh, Richard Berman, the judge in New York, unsealed the transcript for Brady's appeal hearing for which Roger Goodell was the arbitrator, Roger Goodell having no, he was, he was ruling on an appeal of his own ruling. Uh, he didn't pay attention. He didn't know what the hell was going on. And you read that. I remember my, my wife had a headache and I was, my baby was like, she was young, like a little baby. So it came out and I'm like, I guess I can't read this right now. But me being me, I'm like, I ended up like bouncing her with one arm and it was like a PDF where there was four pages on each page and you had to like zoom in and scan down and then scan back up. And I was doing it with one hand and I was like, I almost dropped my baby half the time because right. it was like, so such a mockery of a process. So that was eye opening. And over the course of, you know, Brady had really good lawyers um, more and more was just unearthed. And you're like, this is, this is a really bad stain for the NFL. And if there was a competent leader, it would have been, killed before it became anything but instead it was allowed to mushroom and explode um and and you know i, I just wanted to say like i didn't go in like oh clearly they didn't do it it's like oh i guess they made the point like yeah i guess i guess right. they got caught but the more and more you find out it's like they really didn't and if you spend that much time four months and millions of dollars on that and that's the best you can do it's like you you didn't catch them correct and that's and that's really the big part of it right and you have so many threads about the one back in this is 2019 now, but the one back in, in January, 2019 uh, or December, I'm sorry, 2019. I had to book. I bookmarked it at the time. Cause I was like, this is crazy. But like 
just the unsealing of the Troy Vincent testimony. And it's just like, what in the, he just has no idea what the hell he's talking about. No clue what he's doing. It's unbelievable. And he just like, he's talking about, no, we didn't, we didn't factor into the weather. The weather didn't matter. We didn't do this. My favorite, my favorite thing ever. The question is, but at the time you didn't know that some of the reduction could happen just because of the cold or wetness or other factors, right? That just wasn't something you're aware of. Correct. His answer was, I didn't include science. No, sir. Like what? That was your but answer. then it, like the next like question or two later was like, so it was generally like uh disorganized. The, the recording, right. he was like, no, not at all. It's like, right. all right. Bro. It's like, you're completely, you know, it's just, it's outrageous. And, and, you know, then they do get into the Rogers comments about how Rogers tries to sneak the balls past the guys. And they're like, well, how come you never looked into that? And he's like, well, that's a post game comment. But it's like, well, what do you mean it's a post-game comment? You never check the balls at halftime ever. You check the balls at halftime this time because of a post-game comment by the Ravens. Now, I know technically the Colts asked or whatever, but like, but that was the Ravens, right? Like the Ravens are the ones that said that set up the league to do it. So that post-game comment worked then, but it doesn't work when it's Aaron Rodgers because we don't want to get Aaron Rodgers in trouble. And that's like. Well, and then there was, you know, the Steelers and the Giants had their situation like a year later where a ball felt flat and they measured it and it was low and the NFL was like, shut up. Right. Put that away. Like, this is not happening. That was that was how they handled it that time. So it just goes to show that they didn't know what they were doing. And, uh, you know, they really I mean, they never knew anything about it and they still don't. Um, But, you know, and to get to the, you know, as a smoking gun, whatever, like the people that want to harp on the guilt that they were caught is the the text message exchange. I feel like even that the time that McNally was called a deflator was in the spring of 2014. So I don't know if they're getting shipments of balls in or whatever, but the only reference to PSI was when the October game against the jets, they were 17. They were blown up way, way too inflated. Bill Levy was the referee that night. He was interviewed by Ted Wells. We never got to see that testimony. Uh, Jeff Pash edited that right out of the Wells report. Why were they 17 that night? I'd love to know. And then the only other reference to PSI was Jastrzemski texting his girlfriend. They're supposed to be 13. And as we all know, because we all very much care about the PSI allowable limits uh, for footballs, it's been a big, like when you're a kid, you know, your, your dad's bouncing you on his lap saying, oh, the football's inflated between 12 and a half and 13 and a half. 13 is within the range. Right. So if, if just uh, texting his girlfriend, they're supposed to be 13. That I think that's what they were going for. Like, I don't think that was a, he's like, all right, five months from now, we'll be under investigation. Uh, right. They're going to go through my text. So exactly. I got to cover and text my girlfriend that they're supposed to be 13. So it's like, obviously there, there, there was an involvement with getting the balls through. So, but like, I could just take that and say, yeah, the, the, the stress was getting them to within the allowable limit because you got guys like Bill Levy bat, blasting them up to 17. Correct. So I think that's an important aspect to the text story because if you just read them on, you know, the Sports Hub Air at three thirty p.m., for example, uh, it's going to come across a certain way. Right. And that's and look, that's intentional, right? We all know that that's intentional. You're reading it to to make people feel a certain way because you are trying to spin a narrative and you're trying to say, nope, this is what happened, and so I'm going to use everything in my benefit. The other thing for me, you know, Walt Anderson said in his 19 years of refereeing he had never, never in his policy. career lost track of the footballs 
So I thought that was odd. So he says he's never lost track of the footballs. Now, don't you think if he's done a lot of Patriots games, he had certainly done a lot of Patriots games. And don't you think that if this were a recurring thing, right, that other referees might have said, hey, you know what? Come to think of it. I've been at Gillette before and I've lost the footballs, too. That's a weird coincidence, right? That I just have. Oh, and then they were there once we got onto the field. But I didn't have I wasn't looking at them. I didn't view them. Nobody said that ever, ever. Not just that, but he was warned that night. It was it was part of the pregame discussion with right. uh, what's his name? Uh, he he went on to be the media referee. Oh, Kensel was it Kensel? No, the, no. The, um... the, oh man, he's the head of officiating at the time. He's oh uh, Blandino. Dean yes, Blandino? Dean Blandino in the pregame meeting had had warned him right. to the warning, and then on top of that, the Wells report says that. Walt Anderson was losing his mind, irate, cursing uh, when he lost the ball, saying like, you know, basically panicking. Now, what did he do when he went to the field and found the guy with the balls? He said, all right, throw him out there. Instead of using the 12 backup balls, which never, le- which never left his custody. So from right. the very beginning, there was a scent of the NFL setting something up. I don't believe that Walt Anderson was losing his mind for losing, for not having the footballs, because as you mentioned, uh, very astutely, he had never lost them before. So right. if if he had lost them and had been warned to be on high alert for them, A, he kind of sucks at his job because he shouldn't <laughs> have lost the footballs, but right. B, you got 12 that never left your side that were pregame approved with your signature on them. Use those instead. Correct. Never happened. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I just – I do want to go I, – I love – so the article you wrote recently, the last paragraph of the article I think just sums up so perfectly this whole thing but you know and and maybe i should save this again but i'm not gonna because it's just so perfect but he said but you said of course Florio's reporting adds further confirmation to what has been known for a long time the entity that lied the most and worked hardest to complete a cover-up during the deflate gate saga was not the patriots it was the nfl and it that is in my eyes irrefutable at this point it is irrefutable at this point kevin seifert wrote something on espn about it i mean espn i'm saying something nice about the patriots is insane so you know the the one like a year or two ago yeah yep yeah yeah yeah. so you know the evidence must be crazy if espn is saying the nfl covered something up and that the patriots really weren't at fault and the nfl was and so i i just think and, and to me the biggest smoking gun here all of it is there. You know, the Troy Vincent stuff is outrageous that he's the one that leaked the report to Mortensen is crazy. But destroying the PSI numbers in 2015, which clearly proved the Patriots case, because otherwise, why would you destroy the numbers? When you said, they said before, they said before the season, they were going to take the numbers and then they were going to release them for everyone to see. They They said that. That's on record for them saying that. And then they said, oh, no, it was just a spot check. And then Roger Goodell was asked this week about it, and he said, oh, I don't know what happened to those numbers. Like, it's his friggin' physics homework or something like that. Like, yeah. what? how did you just, you didn't just lose that. Yeah, and it's it was just, clear, and I think I put in that stuff, I lose track, but there was never the word spot check. And it's actually still on the NFL game operations website, the 13-step process that was instituted for 2015 to measure games at random pregame and halftime use new balls inserted at halftime and test those ones after the game, 
record the PSI data before halftime post game, send that data to the league. The words recorded measurements, they were in there eight times. The word spot checks were in there zero times. It was right. not never about spot checks and seeing if, if there was a lo- loss of the chain of custody of balls, that was just what they came out. This was before Super Bowl 51. Nope. Super Bowl 50, excuse me. Yep. Uh, the 2015 season when they got out their data and they were like, Oh shoot. We are, um, turns out all of those scientists and physicists in those books are correct. Even though we're the, it was very much like an Enron too big to fail situation where you yeah. have million, like, like many, many of the brightest scientific minds in the country reverting back to like high school physics and being like, actually, no, this happens. And like charts and data and history and the NFL being like, no, 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 this, that's not true. <laughs> let's, let's show them testing right. it. They could have rigged the testing if they wanted yep. it. They couldn't even do that. And then they get the data and they say, let's put that in the shredder and it never sees the light of day because that those numbers some of them were probably a lot lower than the ones they tested from the Patriots mm-hmm. that night. And that would look bad. At the same time, you might remember that postseason, the Vikings were playing outdoors. Uh, they right. didn't have their new stadium yet. And Sal Palantonio reports the NFL is very you know, concerned that the PSI will drop in the football. It's like, you can't be concerned about this now <laughs> and say it's because of the temperature. Yeah. When you never knew before, let alone cared and like it's just they they basically and it really comes out i mean the the larger point is like tom brady is going to be all right yeah. he doesn't need pat lane and mike hurley to come to his defense and stand up for him like we can't win that war and he doesn't care like it's it's what's done is done but it's really if you're a league right and you just had the greatest player of all time come through your come through you win all those super bowls bring all those eyeballs to your league mm-hmm. be just like a beacon of football for freaking ever to have that on him, which is just hanging on all BS and innuendo. And again, a thing that never mattered before and will never matter again. Like they owe it to him to come out with the facts that they gathered right. so that people will see that those balls measured at whatever 11.7 that happens in 50 games a year and maybe more like, like they they do owe that to him. And I think Roger Goodell's statement yesterday showed that they're never going to admit a single ounce of fault, which I think it's just pathetic. Like there's no reason not to at this point. Like you won, you took the pick, you helped ensure parity. I mean, right. granted, you probably screwed the league over by giving Brady four weeks of rest and pissing him <laughs> off to no end uh, in his late 30s. Yep. But, uh, you know, you won that segment. So come out and say, you know, this is this is you know the numbers were in line with what we found, uh, we we screwed up. We'll just they'll no they'll never actually do that. They do that when it's a PR nightmare, and frankly, not enough people like the Patriots or Tom Brady to care. And that's that's the point, right? Is that this isn't a bigger story because people don't feel bad for the Patriots. They don't feel bad for the Patriots. They don't feel bad for for you know for Brady and and even the people that are Patriots fans are just so sick of hearing about it over and over and over again. They're like, just leave me alone with this stupid deflate gate mess because it's like, we just keep talking about it. And, you know, I think at this point you're firmly entrenched on one side or the other. Like if you still think the Patriots actually did something wrong during this, during that game, if you still think the Patriots did something wrong, nothing is ever going to convince you that they didn't. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're on Twitter. You see, 
uh, they filmed walkthroughs. You see yep. all the like all the like the Spygate misconceptions that never got through to people because they don't. I mean, why would you care? Like, if you were a Browns fan and hated the Patriots, like, why would you care to research beyond Correct. general feelings and thoughts? So ben that's Vaughan, that's going to be the case. Ben Vaughn just wrote an article. <laughs> I didn't read it. I saw the headline. He, I didn't read it either because, but like, he just wrote an article saying if you're upset about Jeff Pash destroying the evidence. Then, you know, hold your tongue because the NFL erased all the evidence from Spygate. And it's like they showed it to a room of reporters and recorded them showing it to the room of reporters. Yeah. It's not I mean, like it's outrageous. The, the best we've had one good thing come from Spygate in 14, 15 years almost. And it was the press conference before the Patriots went to Phoenix for Super Bowl 49 and Belichick just snapped. Yeah, and so he's out there in front of seventy thousand people. Everyone can see it. We just had a camera on him, and it was just like, "Thank you, like, thank you, like, yeah, like they, they, they were wrong in that, and they were yep. heavily punished. Like they were heavily punished, and I think it was just a Richard measuring contest. Hundred percent. The new, the new commissioner, yep. the old guard, and Bill Belichick saying, "This guy can't tell me what to do," and then the commissioner showing the Richard was quite large. And could come right down on the Patriots. And it was, I mean, a first round pick, Belichick had to be contrite. What did he lose? $250,000 or yeah, something? It was a lot. Half a million. I think um, I think Kraft lost half a million. He lost two fifty. Yeah. I mean, so it was outrageous. Yeah. So that I mean, they they were in violation of direct orders, whether there was a rule or whether or not. But I mean, the point is that was that was heavily, you know, punished. And we never really got Bel we got Belichick's contrite answer. That one moment where he just kind of snapped and was like, the guy's out there in front of 70,000 people was like, that is the basis of it. And it like goes back. I remember in 07 watching like ESPN pregame and they were all doing their intense, you know, Spygate discussion. Spy. And Mike Ditka was just sitting there. He's like, guys, can I say something? Who cares? Who cares? And it was just like anyone involved knows, you know, what was gathered from that. It was, right. it was, it was illegal from where they were, but it wasn't this like shortcut to winning that yeah. people make it out to be one again, you know, and, and I don't want to harp on Spygate, but like, again, it was legal to record the other sideline. It just wasn't legal to do it where they were. Like that was the, it's not like, it's not like it was illegal to record the sideline. They record, no, no, it was legal to record the sideline. You just had to do it from a certain spot and they didn't do it from that certain spot. That was the penalty. Like, I think that a lot of people don't understand that because they're like, oh, you filmed. It's like, well, yeah, but you you can. Everyone did. Literally everyone did it. You were allowed to do it by the league. The Patriots just did it over here instead of over here. And that's well, what everyone's upset about. And to tie the two scandals together, this just popped in my head. Like, this is this is good stuff, exclusive uh, right now. Love it. That what ties them together is the filmed Rams walkthrough report. Yeah. And the 11 yeah. of 12 Mortensen report. Right. Both ended up being false, but both shaped the story and the narrative and public opinion where, I don't know, 90% of the people that heard the first report never came off that stance Correct uh, from their reaction to that. Whereas, obviously, had they filmed the Rams walkthrough, not so good. Turns out that wasn't true. Turns out Matt Walsh was an unreliable witness and had some cross, some access to grind or whatever. Right. And then the 11 of 12 turned out not to be true. Two pounds under none. One might've been, but I mean, that's in line with the, the NFL lied to um, the Patriots. Dave Gardy was the 
Yeah. Whatever. He was in operations, wrote a letter to Robert Kraft saying a ball was measured at 10.1. We need to, you, we need to investigate you open your doors. And I was like, no balls measured at 10.1. Um, that was just a straight up lie. And that was in Vince's testimony. He's like, yep. do you know Dave Gardy to be a careful lawyer? I think, I think he's a lawyer or a careful. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. yep. And he was like, yes. And he's like, so would he write this? Would this be an accident or would it be intentional? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean that, that, but that goes in 11, <laughs> like midnight, Sunday, Bob Kravitz tweets it out. We're all like, okay, I guess they're going to look into this like footballs. I remember doing a goofy story like the Monday, like I, I, I rated blame like Brady, Belichick, referees by like a scale of like deflated Belichick faces on. Like it was just goofy. Ridiculous. But Brady but was then, laughing about it Monday yeah, morning. But exactly. And then Tuesday night, 11 to 12 significantly two pounds under drops. And it's like, well, this is, a, this is a big deal. And that's when you get on. NBC national news. That's when you get on yep. uh, all the big time anchors with their big time voices. And you get uh, Peter Alexander asking Tom Brady, what's up with our hero at a press conference. Like it was, it was like sort of simmering and then went shooting like a volcano after right. 11 to 12. So those are the two things. There's two stories that lasted forever that still get reported and repeated. And that's why the 11 to 12 thing is so bad. And the fact that Troy Vincent is still Goodell's right-hand man and will never lose that job no matter how long until Goodell finally starts, like kind of like when a bad head coach starts firing his coordinators. Like, yeah. you know, like when Joe Judge fired uh, Jason Garrett, oh, yeah. that is what will happen. That's like when Vincent will go and Goodell will go soon after. So it's really, it's just despicable, I think, that they maintain a sense of like rightness and and. I don't know. Like you can't question them. Are you are you a Harry Potter fan? I am. So I've always they they're always like the Dolores Umbridge, yeah, uh, character. Like That's you can't question them. Too. They're wrong. They're like oppressive. They will make you like write the punishment until your hands bleed, uh, and until you admit that you were wrong. And it's like, man, that's it. Doesn't have to be that way. That's my biggest thing. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. That's a great. That's actually I'd never thought of it like that. That's a great reference. I like that a lot, you know? And so it's just, it's so frustrating. And the other part of it for me, and not that it matters, but like, it's not even a competitive, it's not a competitive advantage. Just oh, yeah. flat out not. And, oh, and you, you know, the fumble, the fumble numbers and stuff. And it's like, you guys don't know how to hold a football. You're not, right. it's not a Nerf ball. You're not squeezing it. It's, it's a yeah, Nerf. And, and not just that, but like, okay, Rogers likes his overinflated. And and not just that, but okay, fine. Let's just let's let's keep going. Let's go further down, along down the line. Okay, well, if 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 it was twelve point five to thirteen point five, and it was more advantageous for it to be less inflated, wouldn't everybody in the league have it at twelve point five? Oh, that was the other thing. It's like, oh, Brady likes him low because he has small hands. It's like I don't think Tom Brady has small hands. Like <laughs> he does. Like and and because it's easier to throw and catch. It's like I don't think it's like easier to throw or catch. Like I think right. he played. I, you might remember that Jets game in twenty fourteen. Brady was pissed like he was screaming on the sidelines it was one of those games it wasn't quite the 2013 jets game where it was like kembrell Tompkins and aaron dobson but that 2014 game they barely won it was a thursday night um i remember because my daughter was born like the monday and i I just got home from the hospital that night i'm like they they won (laughs) on like a missed field goal at the end by the jets yeah yeah it was like 17 16 or 17 15 like and brady i just remember he was pissed that night and so you could tell something was wrong with the balls. He didn't like the way the balls were were feeling. Right. And it's because the referee had him jacked up. So it's like, where was the big scheme that night? Like, where right. was the... And there was no texts. Like, they That's had correct. Brady's text to do... He wasn't like, UMF or we need to get these things down to 11. Like, there was no... 
I don't know. It was all the narrative was always shaped after based right. on like, oh, Tom has small hands and it's easier to throw and catch with the underinflated ball. It's like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I've well, the other, football before. The other thing about, and I don't know if you've ever texted before, Mike, but um, if, if you have, if you have, let's just say you and I texted back and forth and then I destroyed my phone. Would they not be able to figure out what I had texted you? I, oh, I feel would. like if they took your phone, they would be able to see my. So turns out they had all of his texts to Jastrzemski. Right. And didn't need his phone. And, and that's, that's the other correct. thing this week with the slimy stuff that comes out with Pash, you know, deleting the, the yep. data and with with Troy Vincent blatantly lying to a media member. It's like you want Tom Brady, one of the most famous men in the world, to just hand his phone over to those people. Like right. you're out of your friggin' mind. They took Richie Incognito's phone and just blasted all that over the internet. Like, who knows what the hell's on that phone? Well, some of Brady's emails got released when he was talking about Manning not playing and stuff like that. Like, yep. you know, that's a, those are like private conversations between him and yep. Giselle and him and his friends, and they're just releasing them on the internet. Like, ah, it's no big yep. deal. You know, and it's yep. just like... And remember, too, like, there was a tabloid thing, like Affleck. He flew with Affleck and his nanny or something. Right. And the nanny had Brady's Super Bowl ring in a picture. And it's like stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, Affleck's, yeah. Affleck's marriage dis- disappeared after that. It's right. like things like that are going to be on Tom's phone that he doesn't want out there. His right. wife is more famous than he is. Like there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I would never give Roger Goodell my phone and nobody knows who I am. So if I'm Tom Brady, I'm doing, I'm putting it in an incinerator right. and then shooting it to the moon, 100%. the ashes before I give my phone to Roger frigging Goodell. Also, if they were encrypted and, and again, I don't know if oh, people yeah, they had used the cell phone before. Had the messages. If they had the messages already, but also I don't know if you, there's a feature on there that allows you to delete text conversations, and you could delete the whole conversation if you wanted to. And so it, it just like this is where we're just getting to a point where it's like what the like you're just grasping at straws. You're saying, well, he was clearly good because he didn't turn his phone. It's like stop it. Like all of the, the things that they're grasping at, right? Because they knew they lost the 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 war on footballs. That's so correct. They went elsewhere. Right. And, and, you know, and it, and as, it was, it was a stroke of genius, really. Yes. And that's a hundred percent. And as we've talked about, like everyone hated the Patriots. So they just said, well, screw it. You know, they must, it's, you know, and, and that's to me, it's the other teams and the other owners that are really responsible. And they, of course, are Goodell's owners are good, you know, Goodell's boss and everything else. But like, to me, it makes it easier. If I'm an owner of another team, I can say, well, we don't, we don't not win because we're not good enough. We don't win because they cheat. And so now I can explain to my fan base, like, hey, look, uh, it, we just play by the rules and they don't. And that's why they win all the time and we don't, which is complete garbage. But that's – they can spin it that way and say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's because we are fair and honest and the Patriots aren't. And so that explains a way why we suck all the time. You know, and, It is and important to note, too, like it's not just the Patriots that get sort of the the, the blunt end of the shaft here. Like – I think of the Cowboys. Now, no one's ever going to feel bad for Jerry Jones or the Cowboys, but you had, you know, the Ray Rice situation, which really was like ground zero for every awful piece of leadership from Roger Goodell from there on out. But uh, after that, they say we want to be leaders in in domestic violence and, and everything like that. Ezekiel Elliott gets investigated. The investigator on the case recommends no punishment. They can't find anything. Then she is kept out of the room when the NFL holds a meeting and they decide to suspend him for six games or whatever it was. Meanwhile, you have Josh Brown who's on the giants and John Mara, Roger Goodell, the Tish family. They protect the kicker who got 
separated from his family at a Pro Bowl event where NFL security was certainly aware of this. They tried to cover it up for a kicker and didn't institute the mandatory six-game suspension, whatever it may be. Not that a six-game suspension offsets domestic violence. you know, Obviously, not, right. But yeah. But like there was a system put in place to punish, punish it. They didn't find it with Elliott and punished him anyway. And they did find it with the Giants player and tried to cover that up. And who is the head of the NFL's domestic violence situation is Lisa Friel or Lisa Friel, something Friel, who's a diehard Giants fans with right. Gi- with Giants posters in her basement. Just a coincidence. It's just yeah, a coincidence. You know, yeah. And so it's like things like that where you're kind of like, why can't you just like it again? It doesn't have to be like this. It just doesn't. But the Patriots probably won't get that anymore. I think the Bengals uh, video situation a couple of years ago was the last of the last. Uh, which that one's ridiculous. even worse. That's even that's that's the worst one in my I mean, eyes. You, that's the worst yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it really was because the guy that filmed it. Oh, Roger Goodell's on the TV right now talking to Keegan Michael K. So that's I'm sure a hoot. I'm sure America is dying but, laughing at that one. By the way, Keegan Michael Key started out in his uh, in his uh, monologue. He said that uh, he was talking about last year's event, and he goes, you know, this because there was no one there. Obviously, he goes, that room was emptier than Urban Meyer's playbook. So that was pretty good. So not bad. I'm sure. I'm sure it was funnier than whatever Roger Goodell just said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 Bengals thing. The guy. I mean, the poor guy was just trying to film stuff during a game because right. he was covering a scout. You ever film a scout during the game? It's like watching me watch a game with a notepad. Um, right. He moved in front of the Bengals staff. Like he moved to the front row with a whole row of Bengals staffers to film it. It's like he wasn't sneaking it in the back. Right. And it's like right. you saw the video. It is. The same video I take from the press box if I want to show how like like and they were and they came down in the third round pick. And it was really it's about parody. It's really what it was about. The NFL right. loves parody. Every year they send press releases on how many games were decided by one score, how many teams made the playoffs after not making the playoffs, which mm-hmm. Super Bowl teams weren't in the playoffs. Like all these they love that. So the fact that the Patriots were like the variant that kept screwing things up, a little right. Loki term for you, it 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 wasn't it disrupted the order of things the way the NFL sees it. And that's why you saw first round picks and then third round picks for that. I mean, it was so over the top, but no one cared because it was the Patriots. But now the Patriots are just like every other team. They haven't made the, I mean, they haven't won a playoff game and since they won the Super Bowl three years ago. Right. I don't think we'll be seeing the hammer come down on them for this. So as annoying and frustrating as it was, you know, it was the good old days in that regard. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. So the other part of it, and one more thing I wanted to talk about before I let you go, we've been we've been going a while here, but uh, was was the Jeff Pash stuff, you know, and Pash has done all, <laughs> it's just a pretty slimy guy. He's one of those guys, when, when you think about lawyer, and you're like, ooh, that's like Jeff Pash to me. Like, Do you read his emails think, to uh, Bruce Allen and the Washington football team? Oh, uh, he's know? the word. It's unbelievable, you know, that guy. But It was like, oh, I know you didn't mean to break this rule. I will get this off because you're the only one who gave me a Hooters VIP card. <laughs> That actually happened. And Jeff Pash is still, you know, the executive vice president yeah. and general counsel. So yeah, it's, nope, it's okay. no accountability. Right. And and so, but no, so now Mortensen report, people asked them to bring it back to say, no, no, that's not true. And he, and the, the quote is outrageous from him, but he said, <laughs> oh, this I had the email with the uh, Patriots council, Robin Glazer. Uh, I the back think and forth so. email from the, Patriots. yeah, yeah, yeah. It started and with so- Stacy and then went to the lawyer. Right, and so he goes, I have, I have doubts that piecemeal disclosures are likely to accomplish much. Uh, if anything, 
I would think they are likely to prompt additional questions, additional stories, and additional irresponsible speculation and commentary. Once the investigation is completed and the facts are known, any incorrect reporting will be shown for this. And it's the report came out three months later. Right, right. And the report was basically saying, no, no, the, it's just, it's out. And it was ridiculous. a 500-page report. Like no, and one he edited it. Right. Uh, yeah. And it, it, at the same time, around the time, remember there was a report going on, like Mike Kensel got fired. He's <laughs> off the NFL operations page. They came out, Jeff, not Jeff, Brian McCarthy, I think, the NFL PR guy, tweeted an Apple Notes app. Mike Kensel has been reassigned. He has not been fired. And it's like they came out in like five minutes to yep. correct the record on Mike Kensel, which who gives a crap about what Mike <laughs> Kensel's job is? It's like this is a false report that came. I, and, they, and they were also like, we don't know that it came from the league office. It's like, Jeff, nobody else knows the numbers except people from the league. No one could have leaked it to Mortensen from outside the league. Like the Patriots wouldn't leak false numbers that made them look bad to Mortensen. So who leaked them? And he's like, right. we don't know that we that it came from the league. And it's like, that's the umbrage of it where it's just sort of like, how could you say that we leaked it? Like, what's your proof? Um, but yeah, I mean the whole thing and the destruction of the data that, I mean, it's just what we know. Imagine what we don't know. And it's, right. It's the the frustrating thing. I don't think enough people see it, but I'm sure this week maybe more people do because Florio has a different audience than me. You know, like right. he has. A, when it comes from me, like I like to think everything I've written about Deflategate has been straightforward. Like I go crazy about it, obviously, but it's all based on what I've yeah. come across. But people see CBS Boston, and they're like, well, they just write it off. Right. So when the more national, and you mentioned the Kevin Seifert story, that one blew my mind when it came out because. You remember when Mike Reese had a blog that was like uh, some of the things in that story weren't possible and here's why they deleted that blog from the right. internet. Yeah. Um, so for ESPN to come out and be like, uh, the NFL actually really beefed this one uh, was incredible. So I don't know. I think if anything, Brady proved in the Super Bowl against the, the Seahawks, the Falcons, you might have remembered that one. Yeah. The Eagles, even though we lost right. uh, the Rams, and then last year against the Chiefs, like the friggin' air pressure is insignificant. And That's he's correct. rather good without any sort of Jim McNally, or they were not the key to his success. So at least I think he proved that to lessen this. But it doesn't make it right that the record shows that he is a cheater and had to sit out four games where it's like they didn't prove that and they should just admit it. Right. And that's but they never will. And that's what's so that's what's even more frustrating about it, because we all know they never will. And that makes it a million times worse, you know? So, but um, anyways, I think I think that's a, a good note as any to leave on. Dark Blue Gold mentioned, have we used the phrase under pressure yet? And that was, I botched that one. We botched it to, to not use the phrase under pressure, but what are you going to do? Uh, you know, it's right. the way it goes. We've been doing so, this for a long time. You can't, you can't hit a home run every time. That's true. It's a good point. So um, I did I say will... like, I can't do like, I can't do like, we could do it for like seven hours, but I was like, we got to keep it somewhat. Oh yeah. Cause we could just go. I mean, we could just go like, this is why I want to sleep tonight. That, yeah. Yeah. This is one of those things that I could just talk about for hours because like, I'm, I'm not as passionate as you, I don't think, but like I have been on the wall defending this because it's like, it's so dumb and it makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. Like logically it makes no sense. And so it's just whatever. So but I will say about when you talk about your reporting, I think that your reporting about it is very measured. It's not, you know, you're not some like, you're not some, well, I, no, when I say measured, I mean like 
you're not like flying off of the handle. Like you're, you're just a Patriots fan and you're saying, you know, all this is garbage and this is why. And you're, and you're giving stuff that, you know, that are just opinions. You're giving out like factual information and disproving what people are saying. Like, it's just, it's not, you know, it's not like you're just, Oh, this is my opinion. No, no, that you're just giving out. This is what happened and here's what happened. And this is what happened again. And then, so it's, and I've yeah. changed it as more information has become available to me. Like I said, I didn't come out saying like, oh, Patriots didn't do anything. Like that wasn't my stance. I was going with what was what the information available. And as the more and more information became available, as freaking MIT scientists were calling me on the phone, as legal <laughs> experts uh, in New York were calling me on the phone. And I'm like, God damn, I am over my head. But I yeah. tried to absorb as much as I could. And you just saw so many missteps. And that's the other thing is Brady ultimately lost, right? But you've had four judges rule on it and two ruled for him and two ruled against him. And the right. two who ruled against him, uh, one of whom said in, in the court, which I got to go to because I cover Second Circuit Court of Appeal stuff all the time for my job, um, <laughs> said that the evidence regarding the football deflation was uh, convincing, if not overwhelming. Um, and that is based on a league that I mean, you read the Troy Vincent testimony earlier. We know that they lied about the numbers that came out. It was not convincing, and it was right. not, certainly wasn't overwhelming. So I think that is the basis. And, you know, the two judges that ruled in favor of the NFL ultimately ruled that the CBA allowed Goodell to do whatever he did. They didn't rule that they caught him deflating footballs. Right. They they ruled that Goodell has the power to do whatever the hell he wants. Um, so it was ultimately a loss for Brady and the league. I mean, the players who are the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just another loss for the NFLPA. But it, it's not like this black and white open and shut. Well, he he served the suspension. It's like it was a battle he couldn't win. It, it, it wasn't about the evidence at that point. It was about the language of a CBA and the way two out of three judges interpreted it. Right. And that's I mean, that's. That's what probably it's not as easy a headline or story to tweet out, but that is that is the essential uh, reason that Deflategate still stands as the rec- the public record to this day. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, if you had in, in a true independent investigation, they could never ever come to the conclusion that it was actually a, a cheating scandal. Never. Even the I, even the non in independent investigation did not determine right (laughs) Right. that's very true that's very true so but anyways all right well mike thanks so much for coming on man i appreciate it before you go just tell everyone where they can you know read you and see you and hear you and maybe you'll be talking to flakegate more but you won't be talking exclusively to flakegate we do have a do have a new quarterback who is pretty exciting had you see his mic'd up at the pro that was pretty good that was so good better than the pro bowl it, it was. It, literally, I watched a full like twenty minute mic'd up thing, and I watched like zero seconds of the yeah. Bowl. So you know, I, like, I felt bad for Mac all year because like the Saban Belichick one two punch. Uh, when you're going to t- like, you can tell he's like, if I say anything to these people, I'm gonna just get it. You know, especially because we're coming down from like Cam Newton press conferences, which were like right. forty five minutes, and every every topic in the world was explored. Mac just being like. He would throw for like 300 yards and two touchdowns. I'm like, hey, you must have felt good at their touchdowns. Like, I just need to get better. I'm just, I know I'm not good enough. I just really need to work on it. It's like, man, like life is short, dude. Like, I want to just like pat him on the back and be like, you're playing quarterback in the NFL and like doing decently at it. I would, I would smell a rose or two, but that's not for me to say. But then you see the, the mic'd up segment and his personality and the, the yep. fun and trash talking and the camaraderie with people that aren't, aren't even his teammates um that was a cool. good watch for anyone that, that hasn't cool. seen it. it's on youtube yeah. 
and Chandler Jones tweeted out, like, I'm a Mac fan. I was already a Mac fan. He's like, then the gritty, the gritty sealed the deal for me or something like that. You know, Darius Slay was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, am I getting trash talked at the Pro Bowl by Mac friggin' Jones? By <laughs> that was so good. Replacement? <laughs> that was so good. Fantastic. Fantastic. But yeah, uh, CBSBoston.com is where I do my writing. Uh, I pop on to Boston Sports tonight on NBC Sports sometimes. Um, I'll be on Sports Final Sunday night with Dan Roach talking about the Super Bowl. Love it. Um, Love it. Hopefully nice. that Super Bowl doesn't suck. I Who do you got? Out. Who do you think is going to win? I mean, it's a head and heart thing. My head is just like, you got to pick the Rams for the same reason I picked the Rams against the Bucks when the Bucks had an injured offensive line. Just the Donald and uh, the Donald Von Miller duo. It's tough. If you have a weakness on your line, it's scary. And God, the 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 interior situation on the Bengals offensive line is a frightening They're nightmare. So, bad. so, <laughs> so bad. at the same time, so I'm picking them minus four and a half. And I think that'll be the case. But at the same time, like I just watched the Bengals have that same dumpy offensive line against a pretty good defensive line from the chiefs down 21 to three on the road and Joe Burrow just being so damn cool and winning that game and the Bengals losing the overtime toss and still winning. Like I I can't say they have no chance, uh, but I feel similar to how I did against the bucks and you know, maybe it ends up being the same. I mean, the bucks were down what 27 to three and almost won that frigging game. So I think McVay and uh, Stafford are like always one second away from just giving you the game so oh, yeah. hopefully we get a good one i love joe barrow i don't know how you can't i'm not saying he's like the next brady but he's got a certain coolness about him that that i really like so we'll see yeah he's a, he's a lot of fun and stafford tried to blow it. i mean he tried oh god he tried to lose tart. the game to san fran and he just i just dropped it you know so like yeah. if he catches that pass then that's yeah. then san fran's playing on to Sunday. be fair, Burrow threw one of those too when he tried to throw it away in the sideline. The, the Chiefs. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That was my guy. We, uh, that was my guy. Um, I forget uh, who it was. Jesus Christ, the the uh, kid from Missouri, uh, the rookie fifty four maybe. Yeah, he was like my favorite. He was like one of my favorite prospects in the draft, and I and I loved him. And of course, I'm liking on his name right now, but that's okay. Uh, um, Nick Bolton. That's it. Nick Bolton. He was my guy. I wanted the Patriots to draft him so bad. I just like he played like. He's played like an animal out there, and he had a great year for the Chiefs this year. But anyways, mm-hmm. so. anyways, anyways, so yeah. So that's that's me. But yeah, not too much to flake it these days until it hits the news. So I think I'm done now after Roger. So until next time, I will close the cabinet, and then I'll let you know when it's back open. Love it, fantastic. And well, when it opens back up, we'll have you back on, and you know, we'll have you back on at some point with the other co-hosts that don't hate to flake it, so we can actually talk Patriots football. I don't blame them. I, I truly don't. But we got to. You got to. It's important. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.